Hey, good evening. Parshas Tetzava, this is going to be part two of a discussion we started last week entitled, I'm doing it, but I'm not feeling it. And tonight I'd like to uh, transition into some practical and powerful strategies as to how to feel it more. We'll begin with an interesting halacha we find in the Parsha. The very beginning, it speaks about the lighting of the menorah, a special avoda in the, the Mishkan. The Pasuk says that, Aaron and his children will prepare the menorah. They will do so continuously before Hashem. This is an everlasting mitzvah. Chukas olam l'derosam me'ez b'nei Yisrael. So the service of Aaron and his children was to prepare the menorah. The Rambam paskins that a non-Kohen who chooses to participate in any of the avodah, any of the service of the Mishkan or the Beis HaMikdash is chayiv misa bidei shemayim. We view it as a very severe um, hate to make that decision as a non-Kohen to enter in and participate in the Avoda. Preparing the menorah would be an example of stepping into a place that you have no right to be. You're not a Kohen. That's Aaron Ubanov. However, writes the Rambam, Hadlokos haneros kashera bizarim. The actual lighting of the neros, that's mutter, that's permissible even by a non-Kohen. And therefore, technically speaking, if the Kohanim were to prepare the menorah inside, and then they would bring it outside where a non-Kohen could approach it, the non-Kohen could light the menorah that would not be problematic. The only thing he can't do is the hachonas, the preparation beforehand. What's the difference between the preparation, getting the wicks exactly lined up, where they need to be. Why is that dafka through the Kohanim? Any non-Kohen is not allowed to do that, and if you do so, you're chayv misu shemayim. But the lighting of the menorah, which would seem to be like the main, the main part of the mitzvah, that's the actual lighting of the, of the neros, that even the czar could do. You don't have to be a Kohen. Where does that come from? Why is that the halacha? So last week we spoke about the ongoing struggle of doing mitzvos, living life, but not really feeling it. The analogy of Helen Keller, before she had that breakthrough of just feeling different uh, movements on her hand, but not really understanding what it meant, before being exposed to the broader world of communication. There's a beautiful Meiri, where he paints a, a picture for us as to what this life is like without really being aware or conscious of what we're doing. This is the Meiri in his introduction to Mesachus Brachos. He says, as human beings, we have the, uh, the tendency to get into habits and to keep on doing things because we do them without much thought, without much lave. And it's important that when there's something that, that should be awakening, that should be a, a circumstance or a situation that, that makes me think, that makes me feel, it's important, writes the Meiri, that I make sure to think and feel. 
not to continue on robotically. He says, however, what oftentimes happens is we kind of transition from one move to the next, from one season to the next. And it could be the same way we eat matzah and Pesach is the same way we sit in the sukkah during sukkah, the same way we uh, celebrate Shavuos. We're in different places in the calendar or different places within our Avodah Hashem, but it's all the same thing. And the example he gives is a donkey carrying its load. Doesn't make a difference if it's the summer, if it's the winter, what exactly is piled on the back of the animal. It's just doing its thing, weiter, walking, schlepping. That, says the Miri, is the mindset, unfortunately, we find ourselves in way too often. The Ramchal, quoting the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, Rahmana liba boy, that Hashem wants more than anything, the heart, the emotion. That's what Hashem's looking for. And the Ramchal expands upon this Gemara. He says, Ki ein dai b'maisim levadam, mitzvah. It's not sufficient for Hashem that we're doing the, the maisim, going through the motions of the mitzvos. But if I'm not going to bring my heart with me into my service of God, then anything the rest of my body might be doing, the literal translation would be, is worthless. Now we have to be careful. We know the Nefesh Echaim spends a lot of time explaining that even if you do a mitzvah and you don't have any kavana and you're not thinking about anything meaningful, if you do the action appropriately, you are mekayim the mitzvah. So we should never think that it's mamish worthless. However, the Ramchal says, Eino klum. It's far from the ideal just to be doing the, the motion of the mitzvah without the involvement of the heart. So the wife will tell her husband, she'll have a particular complaint that she feels he's distant, He's removed from the relationship. We're not really connecting the way we used to. And being a total space out, the husband will say back, but what are you talking about? I'm, I'm making a parnosa for the family, and I'm doing everything that I should be doing as a caretaker, and everything you're saying is true. The one thing that's missing is, Rahman Aliba boy, if your heart's not in it, and I don't feel emotionally connected to you, then everything else you're doing doesn't mean that much. I want to share with you, there's a Pusik that we usually refer to more in a halachic sense. The Pusik says in Achrei Mos, V'chai behem, Shmartim eschukosai v'esmishpatai sheyasu asama adam, you should guard and you should maintain the Torah, keep the mitzvos. V'chai behem ani Hashem, you should live by them, I am Hashem. So famously, the drasha is v'chai behem v'lo sheyomus behem. The Torah was given for life, not to endanger yourself. And that's why if there's ever a situation where there's pikuach nefesh, even if it means breaking Shabbos or eating non-kosher, v'chai behem, you have to stay alive. The Ramban though says that within these two words of v'chai behem, there's also a, a deeper meaning. 
to live within the mitzvos. Our life, our vitality, our energy within the world of mitzvos is solely based on my hachana, my preparation. What am I doing beforehand? What kind of life am I setting up for myself in order to engage in the mitzvah, in this avoda, in a way that will be transformative? Every aspect of my life within the mitzvos is based on my preparation beforehand. And that's what I want to focus on briefly. There are two forms of preparation, my two basic ideas. One is a general state of mind where I'm feeling alive. Forget about Torah, forget about mitzvos. It's very difficult to have any energy or emotion within your service of God if you don't have any energy or emotion in any other place in life either. If I'm numb and I'm detached and I'm callous and I'm just feeling nothing, so then yeah, it's very unlikely we're going to get to a place where when it comes to my avodas Hashem, I'm on fire. I'm not on fire about anything. So there's a young man that wrote the stipler letter and he was learning in yeshiva for many years, but he was complaining that he lost his tam. He, he lost his flavor in life. Not just he was having a difficult time with his studies, but I, I don't have any vitality. I don't have a tam. Can you give me some, some strategy? So the stipler writes back a few ideas, but with one basic theme. The stipler says, first of all, if you could find a good friend that you could relate to and have a real kesha, a real connection with, that has the ability to awaken that feeling of love within you, a healthy relationship that you care for somebody. If you could do that, that might be your ticket. Get a good friend. However, he continues in the letter, that it sounds like in your present situation that's not, not so realistic. So therefore I encourage you to look for something else that you could jump into that would excite you, that would revitalize you. He gives some examples, maybe taking on a responsibility of giving a shear, maybe writing a safer. But the way he says it is, ki his oris hergish ledover echad, if you're able to awaken a little feeling, even for one component in life, that transforms me into a person that actually feels. And that could carry over into every area of life. Playing tennis, not a spiritual pursuit, one might argue. But if there's something that could give a little bit of chiyus, a little bit of vitality, the stipler's telling us, hergish in one area spreads like wildfire. So the first hachana, the preparation to have any energy or life within my, my spiritual pursuit, is I have to have some level of, of hargasha, some level of life in my, in my broader existence. But the second area of Hachan, I think, is more direct. 
There's a fairly famous idea, Malcolm Gladwell perhaps made it famous, where he said, based on his extensive research, professional musicians are really an expert in any area. They've had to have played or practiced 10,000 hours, which is the equivalent of about 10 years, assuming you're practicing three hours a day. If you could do that for 10 years, that allows you, or that gives you the ability to have the mastery over that instrument. Okay, so how does that work? A couple's been married for 55 years. Does that mean they now have an amazing marriage? Depends. If it wasn't great when it started, and there wasn't any real work or energy put into it, likely it's a terrible marriage, and it's a lot worse now than it was 50 years ago. I've been a parent for 20 years now. Does that mean I'm a good parent? Not necessarily. He's been the head doctor of this particular uh, unit, you know, forever. Therefore, you should trust him. Well, I'll trust you if you have a good reputation and I see that you've actually, you know, you've done things and you've accomplished and, and you know what you're doing. But just because you're doing something for a long time doesn't make you an expert. So do we know what we're doing when it comes to Avodah Hashem? Can we say, I've been doing this now for more than 10,000 hours, I should have a mastery over many different areas of Avodah Hashem? If somebody were to ask you, do you know what you're doing? Do you know how to daven? Do you know how to learn? You would probably say, yeah. But I'll give you an example. Right this way, I have the guitar here. Thank you, all right. This is a guitar, okay? It's not in tune, but that's okay. Three times a day, you're obligated to daven. Tell me how this sounds. Was that brilliant? Thank you. I know how to hold the guitar, I know how to strum the guitar, but it didn't sound that good, and it wasn't that pleasant for you or for me. Now, personally, I started taking lessons when I was 12. And now it's been many, many years since then. I'm better now than I was when I was 12, but I do not have a mastery over the guitar. I could play better than that. But I don't have a mastery. The same eight or nine chords I learned when I was 13, 14, I pretty much know those same chords now. Never really expanded my horizons. And likely I've played for more than 10,000 hours. So, how can Malcolm Gladwell be correct? Maybe he's not, but I think he is. If I do something over and over again, even though I kind of know how to hold it, how to strum it, but I don't really understand, I'm not taking the time or the focus to learn it and to, to gain a mastery over it, so that doesn't make me proficient. That doesn't make me excellent at it. And that means I could do the same thing over and over again for 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 hours and never really feel that I'm accomplishing much. 
I might be Mekayim the Mitzvah, which is a very, very good thing, but Rahman Aliba boy, I'm not really infusing my, 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 myself, my, my kochos, into what I'm doing. So how do we prepare in a way that when we get up there and say, Ashrei, the music actually sounds good. The Peleyowitz gives us three ideas and the Ramchal adds one more. Peleyowitz writes that everything we do in life requires preparation. With the proper hachana beforehand, that can be a tikkun for the guf and the nefesh, both body and soul. Anything I do without preparation is kaguf below neshama. It's like a body that's lifeless. What's the difference between a cat, lamashal, that's jumping around and doing backflips, and a cat that's roadkill? Is there any difference between the two? They look kind of similar. The difference is one is alive and one is dead. Says the Peleoites, we have that choice within our avodas Hashem and within our life. I could be doing something that's, that's an expression of life, or I could be doing something that's classified as dead. He quotes in the Zohar. Zohar tells us, Kol pekuda de lohabia, any mitzvah that we do without any sense of love or reverence, it doesn't ascend on high. And again, it doesn't mean it doesn't count. But it doesn't have that same power. And therefore, writes the Peleo, it's before we do anything, the following three ideas. Number one, Maha mitzvah hazos. This sounds so incredibly simple, but if we really thought like this, the music would sound a lot better. Maha mitzvah hazos. What what is this? What am I about to do? Matam yeshba. What is the reason I'm doing this? Very basic, straightforward questions. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And even if I don't have a great kabbalistic answer to the why. But just to remind myself that I know this is a mitzvah and this is bringing me closer to the Boreolam and I want to feel that kurva. I want to feel that oning and pleasure in the relationship. And the third thought is, So how do I do it? What's the proper way to do this particular halacha? And sometimes when Baruch Hashem we, we learn halacha, we jump into number three. Right, how do we do it? What are the parameters? And we have to know all of the halachos. But the first step is, what am I doing? And the second step is, why am I doing this? If we have these three ideas in mind, writes the Peleoites, it's possible to generate a real simcha rabba, a sense of joy, because I'm in tune with what I'm doing. Transforming my action, infusing soul into the mitzvah, that it will bring Hashem nachas, so to speak. So much of what we're trying to do is to bring Hashem a little bit of nachas, a nachas ruach. And he concludes this piece by saying, This is a very important rule for the tikkun ha'guf and neshama, for how you 
will be changed by this here in this world, and how your neshama is uplifted by this. Think about this deeply. Apply it to your life, because this is everything. That's the wording of the Peleoites. The Ramchal adds one other question to ask ourselves. And although the focus of the Peleoites and the Ramchal, it's very much on what am I thinking Bishas Maisa, as I'm standing here about to engage in a mitzvah, and it's not limited to mitzvahs of davening and learning, but it's any interaction or communication I'm having in life with my friend, with my spouse, with my child. But in order to have the proper questions and the proper answers to those questions, that has to be beforehand. That has to be a preparation where I'm not going to wait till I get there in the moment, if I didn't do any thought or, or, or contemplation before I get here, I'm not going to remember to even ask those questions, and I for sure won't have the answer to those questions. So the Pelioid says, this is what I should be thinking. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And how do I actually do it in the proper way? Adds the Ramchal and the Masil Sisharim, there's one more thing to keep in mind. I should also ask myself, in front of whom am I doing this? Right, we mentioned the story last week where you had the uh, few guys ask the question to Gamliel Rabinovich. Why is it that I, I, I got a very expensive Lulav and Esrog and I learned uh, many of the different ideas behind it, but when I tried the mitzvah on Sukkot, I wasn't feeling anything. And the basic answer was, Erev Sukkot is too late. This has to be a mindset throughout the entire year. This has to be a goal of yours throughout the entire year, throughout your entire life. Leaf me in front of whom am I doing this? I picture the fact that I'm standing before Hashem. Now, I've heard this many times, which is, okay, this is nice in theory, but why didn't we ever learn about this? Right? Basically, I, I went through the system. I know how to strum the guitar also, but I don't know how to really play the guitar. Okay, I know G and, and A minor and D, so I could play a few Karabach songs, but I don't know how to play the guitar. Why didn't, why didn't the system ever teach me this? And... The real answer to that question is, it doesn't make a difference. We could, you know, sit back and conjecture what the system should have done. If it's broken, if it's not broken, do you have a better idea? Bottom line is, we have to take ownership. We have to take achrayas for the fact, I've been doing this for more than 10,000 hours. I've been doing many things in my abodes Hashem. The brachos that I make every day, the tefillah, the limit hatorah. If I don't feel I have a mastery over it, that means I'm just doing it, but I'm not learning it. Why didn't I learn it before? I don't know. But now it's time. Now it's time to step into that responsibility. Aaron and his children, they were the only ones who could do the hachana, the preparation for the menorah. And then they could bring it outside and have a non-Kohen come in and light it, no problem. Why is that the case? Because the Iker Avoda was the Hachana. 
the main service in the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash was the preparation of the menorah. Having the right kavana, setting it up in the right way, both in Ruchnius and in Gashmius. Once you spend the time doing the hachana and the preparation, then anyone can light it, that's not a big deal. And it'll shine, it'll be beautiful. But the main avodah is the hachanas, the preparation beforehand. The Pasuk says in Mishlei, My son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. That's what I want. Rachmana liba boy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I just want you to try to put some of the emotion, some of the neshama into the mitzvah. If you try a little bit, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will definitely help us. So we believe that if we try to purify our thoughts and our actions and our mitzvos, HaKadosh Baruch will definitely uplift us and help us attain higher levels and more meaningful and joyful levels of Avodah Hashem. Have a wonderful evening.